Hello and welcome to episode one of My Generation, a podcast about the generational gap between my teeth. No? Generational gap between the ages of 26 to 46 at the present moment, pre-recorded live here in KMAX Studios in the heart of Connecticut in association with Tennessee, CCC. Tennessee! Woo! Woo! TN. I don't know how to do that with my fingers. I don't either. Me? I don't have that much state pride to even try either, so. <laughs> Not enough state pride to do the hand No, signal. no. With me is a youngin' I lovingly call my son, Mr. Jeff DeMarco. Thank you. You're, Always a pleasure, my friend. You're my father, really. That's true. That's I am your father. I am your father's uncle's sister. It's a whole weird family yes. thing. We don't go into it. Podcasting my generation Gonna have a talk today Podcasting my generation Listen to the words we say Podcasting my generation Story and Jeffrey Podcasting my generation yeah. We're gonna kick it off old school just by Gavin Come on, Gavin Gabby Hayes, let's do this and now, opening Gab. Jeff, how have you been? I've been great, actually. Uh, working a lot, but beyond that, pretty good. Can't complain. Been very productive. I've uh, been spending a lot of time with my son. Finally got my sleep cycle back on a human-like routine, <laughs> so that's good. No more anti-human sleep cycles. No, no. Uh, actually getting a solid at least six hours every day, so. Oh, gosh. I can't imagine six hours. It's uh, my big thing is as long as it's a routine, I'm okay. Yeah. But if it's like two hours here, ten hours this day, you know, uh, no, that's whenever I get kind of screwy. Mentally, it doesn't work. It no, doesn't work. I no. used to do night shifts. You're and you still work night shifts, unfortunately. And um, yeah, supposedly they're gonna move me away from it. But honestly, at this point, I'd rather just find a different job. So we'll see what happens. Do you prefer night shift, or would you like a day shift job? Well, uh, thirds are convenient because I typically don't have anyone to take my son to school in the morning. So by the time I get off work, I just, you know, rush home, take him to school. And it's convenient for that. Uh, but beyond that, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stand it. I used to like the night shift. I think I told you before, because the night was mine. It was all mm -hmm. me. And then people would wake up, and when I was like out for a walk with the dog, early five a.m., and they're like coming out of their house, and I'm like, ah! I was the goofy <laughs> night guy, or the you know the creepy night guy. And uh, but then going back to day shift was great. Mm -hmm. I, I don't miss it for that aspect. Um, you are introducing something to your son. Yes, actually, I am. This week, he's been watching me play a lot of uh, Nintendo Switch lately, and this is the first time he's ever really shown that much of an interest in video games at all. Yeah. So I thought it would be cool to show him the ropes, teach him right. So I've been introducing him to my Super Nintendo collection, starting with Super Mario All-Stars. You should start with Zelda. I wanted to, and uh, he enjoys watching me, pr uh, excuse me, he enjoys watching me play Breath of the Wild a lot, Yeah. but... Whenever it comes to the top-down old-school Zeldas, I don't know if it's just not as visually stimulating for him, but he really gets into some Super Mario. Uh, oh, okay. Mainly just the goofy sound effects crack him up. So I guess I can take that. I, yeah. I right now, am playing Breath of the Wild because I just had a hamburger with really chunky onions. 
I see what you did there. That's, that's a little thing I did. Um, <laughs> well, we're doing much better. I had a massive flu. It went away. It flew away. So you're getting better, moving away from the flu and all that. How's Shelly doing? She is fine, by the way. She got really sick, too, and, you know, uh, ulcers, right? Like, you guys went to the hospital. Yeah, Shelly ended ulcer up problems. with ulcers. Um, she had, uh, and if it wasn't for this, for the flu, she wouldn't have found, well, they wouldn't have found out that she had them because mm-hmm. it, it caused some problems, and then she had to go to the hospital and we went to the hospital and like you have ulcers and she's like oh and we were like hey and she was like what and i was like hey i was like what <laughs> and uh so they're gonna take care of them they gave her this uh medicine that has a whole bunch of syllables and it starts with the letter c and hmm. it's like half a fleck and fluke and and you take it in the morning and then uh it's supposed to dissolve ulcers which to me that's another thing too growing up ulcers where something that you had for the rest of the life, you know, you didn't get ulcer dissolvation pills. There was mm-hmm. no such thing. So it's it's interesting to see that progress taking place. And uh, that should clean up in time, which is great. That, that is awesome. I didn't even know they had something like that yet. That's pretty amazing, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's something that'll come up. Now, I don't know if it gets rid of them 100% and I could be full of crap, but hey, mm-hmm. when, when have I not been? Um, well, do you know, like, uh, I used to have ulcer problems whenever I was younger, like, uh, in high school and after like six or seven years, I want to say of just kind of like sitting on top of my diet and trying to make sure I didn't do anything too acidic or anything like that. They, they sort of healed up. So, okay. So I don't know. I guess it is something that will dissolve it. Yeah. She's not allowed to have like pasta sauce. She's eating Alfredo, no spices, no this, no that's. No more sunflower seeds, which is great. No more seeds in the bed. And, uh, so, <laughs> Big problem. <laughs> so, but I'm glad all that's over. I am so glad all that's over. Yeah, me too, man. And now, tonight's main topic. Tonight's topic is drugs. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, all right, you and I have discussed how we want to tackle this delicately because I don't want to promote and I don't want to glorify drugs. At the same time, I don't want to be preachy, but at the same time, I want to be preachy because I I firmly believe that drugs are not good for you. Real life is mm-hmm. real, and uh, fake life is just going to lead you down a faker life. Faker. <laughs> faker. I make up words, and, and it's my rules. I made them up. Um, but I'll go ahead and go down a history, of which not many people know, but I'll do it anyway. For me, the topic of drugs was so taboo growing up. In the early 70s when I was in school, there was gentlemen that came up in in suits and their job was, and I don't know if they were police or even something higher up, but they would come in and they would bring a suitcase and they'd open up the suitcase and every drug that was popular and up and coming was in the suitcase and they would let you look at them, talk about them, and everything you wanted to know about them was presented. And there was marijuana, there was heroin, there was cocaine, um, back then angel dust, you know, all, all the all the hip yeah. names back in the 70s. And uh, so I was always taught drugs were bad, okay, okay, drugs were <laughs> okay. bad, okay. And uh, I grew up with that. Then we had McGruff the Crime Dog. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He, I have. I've heard of that. You have. I got a little <laughs> plaque of of passing his, you know, no say no to drugs thing. And we had the Reagan era, 
in the 80s mm. where I say no to drugs. And uh, then came the late 80s, 1988. And I had moved out of my house and moved into an apartment. And my best friend at the time and his girlfriend were smoking weed. That devil's grass. The devil's grass. And I went up to him and I was like, what is the deal with that? What do you guys get out of that? Besides bad breath, morning hangovers, and forgetting what your last names are. It doesn't make any sense to me. And they was like, you just have to do it, man. And I was like, I don't think I could. I'm not, you know, I'm not about this. Mm. Well, they finally talked me into it. Uh, and it was actually a night that my best friend was out. My, my best friend at the time told me, no, this is not for you. I should have listened to him. His girlfriend at the time told me, you know, if you're going to try it, I'd rather you try it while you're with me in case... You do go crazy, like they said, back in uh, Dragnet and jump off the top of a building because I think I can fly. <laughs> that reaper madness stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I tried it. I ended up uh, laying down on the couch for the rest of the night and feeling, A, guilty because I just did something I promised I'd never do. B, strangely euphoric listening to Joe Satriani albums intensely <laughs> and see uh upset because i thought there would be more to it i was like why isn't this doing anything that i thought was so great um and so i chased that over and over again um weeks went by i tried it again uh i found the gift of pink floyd i i i went further and then i realized though after about a month uh the best of it is gone that's you'll never have that again uh, you'll never feel that way you felt that time. And uh, and the time wasn't even that great, but I felt like I could achieve that again, and you just can't. So I spent most of my time trying to ch chase that feeling, and I never got it. Um, it didn't stop me from doing it because it was the cool thing to do. And since I had done it, you know, it didn't bother me to do it again. I knew the repercussions, what could happen afterwards, how you feel. But a piece of me, I think, broke off every single time. You know, Interesting. It, it just felt huh. like I was losing uh, inner soul. Uh, there's something about it. There's something connected to that story in my heart about Adam and Eve and the apple and human beings in pot or human beings and whatever drug, whether it's manufactured or natural. There's something mm -hmm. you're just not supposed to touch. That's not what they're here for. It could be something else that it's here for. But there's always that snake that tells you, man, get a hit off of this. And uh, that's just me. And again, mm. that's just me. Some people need it for medicinal reasons. Some people need it for this, that, and the other. But one thing that always stuck with me is the fact that growing up, it was so taboo to do it. And it was, there was just so much about don't do drugs, don't do drugs, don't do drugs. And now, after 2000, mind you, I quit at age 27, everything. I just mm. quit. Uh, so in 1988, I was 18, all the way up. So about 10 years that I messed around mm. with uh this, that, and the other. I did not go far into any white substances. I didn't go far into um, any injections. Thank God. Never mess with that. I've seen both on tables. And it was like uh, buffets. Like, help yourself if you want. And I'm like, no, that'll take me away from this planet. And this will make me spend every penny I have for the rest of my life. I'm not interested in those. No, thank you. And thank God I never tried them. Some of the other things I tried, I really wish I didn't 
and those are very sad times and low times in life, which I luckily swam away from because it's a spinning circle and you get stuck in it and all of a sudden you're drowning and you end up in a whale's belly asking yourself, how the heck did I get here? And uh, right, right. there you are. So, so that was it. I remember walking home one day, or no, I used to walk around the block when I used to um, smoke the weed. And, uh, the weed. Me and my friends used to go house to house stealing light bulbs from the overhead lights and people's right in front of their doors, the outside lights. We used to steal the light bulbs because I wanted the room in where I lived to be as bright as possible. I had so many lamps. If it was dark, then that meant you know, I'd have some bad nights or whatever. So we yeah. used to steal light bulbs. And of course, you know, why not make yourself feel better by stealing something? What the hell's wrong with people? <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, uh, so I suddenly got out of it, and I felt better. I was walking around the block, like I was saying. I got lost. Um, walking around the block. And see, these are all repercussions from drugs, mind you, young man. <laughs> see, this is your future right here. Um, I was walking around the block, and I saw a stork with the little baby bag hanging down and said, It's a boy. And I was walking up the street, and I saw that. And I said to myself, at that time, I said, you know, you're, you're 27 years old. Your sister's about to have a baby, and you're going to be that uncle <laughs> that right. in the corner, hey, come here, and you throw the kid up in the air, oh, I lost him in the sun, Margaret, you know, that George Carlin bit, <laughs> yeah, lands on the ground. Um, so I said, that's it, this is ridiculous, I want to be the clean uncle, and that was it, and then I quit everything. And I've told my niece and nephew that, and they're like, oh, then they turned around and went back to smoking their weed, so... Oh, well. No, I'm kidding. They don't smoke. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's like, that's kind of a slap in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my story. That's, <laughs> that's, my, that's my, my drug story. I, that's what happened. And it was, it was not a fun time. There's a bunch of stories in between, which I'd rather not go into. Mm. But, but the, thing, the reason that I want to do the show today is what a turnaround from those days to nowadays, where it's... I, I'm mind blown at this whole legality thing and everything that comes with it. But I want you to go ahead and, and tell me your story. You know, it's interesting you say, uh, especially nowadays, like 2000s forward, and there's a lot of, there's uh, really been a real turnaround. Well, I don't know, like growing up in the 90s and stuff, it was still taboo, like everything, pot, all of it. Right. Uh, so I definitely grew up with the you know, I remember the crime dog, but for me, it was more that dare lion. Yeah, I can't think of its name. You know what I'm talking about? No, what's a? I almost want to look it up. Here, let me let me find a picture real quick. Oh, that so guy. dare? It's the dare cat. Yeah, is that what you said? The dare lion? Yes. I thought you meant dare lion, like one word, dairy lion. And I thought, uh, oh, no, no, the way I speak milk? sometimes is pretty ridiculous. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, you know, I grew up with this guy waving his finger at me and everything. So growing up, I was very, um, very staunch advocate for uh, sobriety in general. Um, you know, and then I had older siblings that dabbled in pot whenever we were in high school and whatnot. And don't say in my not. household, it, it was it was bad. All of it was bad. You son, know, son, don't say what not. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Father. Uh, no, go ahead. Fortunately, I was in this position where, and this sounds cold, and I don't mean it that way, but 
I grew up with my older siblings making a lot of mistakes, so I didn't necessarily have to repeat them myself. You know, I kind of watched what they did and learned from that. That's like uh, my older brother was kind of in and out of rehab for crack at 16 and 17. And that was rough business. Uh, Never tried it or anything like that. God bless him. Yeah. Yeah. And my sister had some pill issues. She still does. I have no idea where she's at at the moment. But, you know, so I've seen the extreme negative side of it to that extent. But I still ended up going down that road a bit. (laughs) I don't want to I don't want to go too in depth with it because like you, you know, there were definitely some lows and whatnot. But it all started in college. (laughs) Um, I was 18 and all my friends at the time started smoking pot. Now, I'm still, I'm, I'm not against pot. Like, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I kind of treat it, or I view it similarly to alcohol. You know, I feel like if you can do it responsibly and you can keep your together, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to enjoy it occasionally. But at the time, especially, I, I was kind of like you, you know, I just did it all the time. Right. And I was always chasing that first time where I discovered the Beatles. <laughs> Which I do owe it that I discovered the Beatles through pot. So, <laughs> thank you Beatles and thank you yeah. weed. <laughs> uh, Lucy in the Sky of Diamonds, the first time you ever get high, that's a that's a trip for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. <laughs> yeah. So there was that, um, but unfortunately, it went from pot all the time to me dabbling in other things like uh, I did kind of dabble in pills which I'm ashamed to admit but luckily I never had a severe problem with it just tried a few different ones here or there right and I remember it was about three years before the birth of my son uh, are you familiar with I'm trying to think of the actual name for it uh, St- I think it's called spice no, uh, Almost uh, unless you're talking about the girls no no clue <laughs> The food spices, of course, but no. I, and that's another thing, too. The um, names that you're going to come up with are alien to me because I am so out of the drug loop. <laughs> okay, well, about, I want to say it was seven years ago at this point, there was this... Um, there was this whole legal marijuana craze, and I don't mean the actual plant itself being legalized. Right. There was this thing a lot of companies were doing, and most of them were kind of like basically legal meth labs, more or less, okay. just because they found loopholes they could go through. Right. They would create a synthetic marijuana, and they would market it as incense or uh, spice. Uh, that that was the common name for it, but there was many different names. You know, there were some called like Funky Monkey or you know Mr. Smiley, just strange stuff like that. Yeah, but it was completely legal to sell and buy in gas stations because uh, you know it's just the, the compound of it wasn't illegal. I you know remember what I'm that in the news vaguely. Yes, I smoked a lot of that. Oh no, a lot of it. I had a problem with it for a couple of years, and uh, you know. I'm ashamed to admit it now and never go back to it or anything like that. But it was a real problem. And I didn't realize it at the time because I was so in the throes of it that right. for about two years, man, I just – I blacked out. I it, This was around the time that I had kind of dropped out of college and everything. So I was going through a very strange funk and uh, that it was definitely bolstered by this uh, strange fog I was constantly in because right. of it. And this is the type of stuff – that would make you hallucinate if you weren't careful with it. But what was strange was you never knew what it was going to get. There was no consistency with it. You know, it was some pretty it was some pretty hard stuff and I didn't realize it at the time because in my mind, oh, it's just like pot, except that it's legal. So I can't get in trouble. Right, exactly. You know? It's just not yeah. really regulated so that you just go ahead and help yourself. 
Exactly. So eventually, you know, uh, feds wised up, you know, caught on to the act and eventually criminalized it. But um, I, I, I went through that for about two years until the, this is I don't, I don't want to get too heavy. So I'm going to skim over some of the details. Of course. But I remember the last time I smoked it. And this is what threw me off because I, I had built up enough of a tolerance for it to where I could smoke. I want to say, you know, like maybe a few pipes worth of it and still be functional, you know, still be able to go to work or whatever, which is terrible. You should never get to that point. But, you know, at the time I was. Yeah. And I remember I took one hit off somebody's pipe that they had packed just with some stuff that I knew for the most part wouldn't mess you up that much. I thought I was having a heart attack, like instantly. As soon as I took the hit, I started to black out. My heart was pounding out of my chest. I couldn't feel my face. You know, my hands were... Doing yeah. this number, shaking violently and everything. That's trembles for those who uh, don't uh, have a visual. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> those are trembles. Tremors, I should say. Trembles. <laughs> trembles, I think, is a tool that you use to carve wood. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, th- I thought I was having a heart attack, and then I was like, okay, let me go calm down in my bedroom. So I go to my room. I'm just laying there on my bed, heart pounding out of my chest, ignoring texts from my girlfriend at the time, just trying to calm down. Next thing I know, I wake up six hours later, giant pool of my own vomit, just face down in my carpet. Been left there for six hours like that. Yeah. <laughs> Got up, dried up vomit all over my face. Oh, like, yeah, I, I thought someone was going to tell a vomit story tonight. Yeah. (laughs) So at that point, I was like, okay, this is what rock bottom feels like, you know? Sometimes you need that. Yes. Yes, you do. (laughs) So after that, that that was the last time, you know, I backed away from it, never looked back. Later on, I found out some people had such a problem with it that they actually started opening up like addiction treatment clinics, which I could buy because I actually went through a strange period of withdrawals from it for a few weeks afterwards. And, uh, you know, that's embarrassing. I'm, I'm not proud of that. But luckily, I nipped that in the butt before my son came along and everything. So, No no pun intended. Uh, but I, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> but um, even after that, because uh, I'm stupid, I still smoke pot. And I, I'm not against pot in the same sense – I don't know. Would you say that you're against it or just against the idea of people doing it all the time? I am, that's a very good question, because of my current state of life, I have multiple sclerosis, so mm-hmm. I'm not against the use of pot for pain, aches, and everything that comes with the MS. I don't do it um, just because of the, I firmly believe, I can't answer this with a yes or no, uh, mm-hmm. I I am a, I can get addicted to pot. People say it's not addictive. I disagree. I Definitely I, was addicted to pot. I was addicted to pot. I understand. Yeah. So. And, um, and I do think it's it, people who not a gateway drug. Bull crap. Once you reach that high and realize you can't get any higher than what you are. Because I've always noticed that, you know, it, the more you smoke, the most, you, all of a sudden you just reach a point where, like, that's it. Either I go to sleep with a massive headache or it's just going to get, the headache's going to get worse and worse because nothing else is going to happen here. Brain so screwed. Oh, I'm recording and saying that. My brain is so screwed. <laughs> Welcome to the pot episode of... <laughs> forgot what the show is. Um, <laughs> okay. Gateway drugs, Kev. Uh, yes, I firmly believe that pot is a gateway drug because once you reach that ultimate high, 
um, and you've basically pounded the headache, you're like, okay, this sucks. What else can I do to get me feeling more? I want more. So you go into the next thing. And then if that doesn't reach it, you go to the next thing and either you die or you just end up in the hospital trying to recoup from that wonderful ride that doesn't exist. It's always like a giant lie to me. But okay. So to answer your question, um, am I against it? Is the question? Yeah. It's a mean mistress, my friend. <laughs> it's a mean mistress. Um. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I would be, uh, but I'll tell you what: if if I reach the point where I'm going to need it to cure things, I hope that it comes in a pill form that doesn't get me all goofy. Goofy. Yeah. I hope it's a THC pill or something of that nature, because I do believe um, it's it's useful in some ways. Oh, for sure. There's definitely a lot of medicinal properties to it, which is fascinating. I've actually been looking up a lot about, um, which granted, I don't have any interest in putting my son on it, but I've been looking up a lot about how uh, certain autistic children actually benefit greatly from uh, cannabis oil. Or um, is it, I don't think it's called cannabis oil. I might be wrong on that, but it's uh, basically they remove anything that they remove all the THC. So it's just the. Um, I uh, wish I knew the science behind it a little bit more. No, that's yeah. fine. They, they yeah, remove but, uh, all the crap and keep the good stuff that's in there. Yeah, supposedly it's supposed to be pretty good for autism. So that's something I wouldn't mind looking into as he gets older because uh, I definitely want to avoid things like Adderall or Ritalin, which oh, yeah. are pretty harmful in and of themselves. Well, that's the point. The, the manufactured crap is what's even worse than the natural crap. And people try to manufacture something. Um, For sure. Going all the way back to Timothy Leary or whoever the guy's name was that started up the uh, the acid trip. Um, just yeah. trying to open your mind, man. And, um, yeah. Who knew the word man had seven syllables? Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but even more recently after that, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that I had a problem with pot. Because... Right. Uh, I agree with you on so much of what you're saying. Right. But at the same time, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm against it. Like, I think that's the only real difference in how I feel about it as opposed to you. Because I, I do believe that if you're the right type of person and you really have to be the right type of person, it could benefit you in very small doses, you right. know? But the thing is, like you said, it can definitely be a gateway, especially if you have an addictive personality. Like for yes. me, I should have never really picked it up because I have a problem just quitting smoking cigarettes, mm. which I quit again, by the way, two weeks ago. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Hopefully I stick to it this time. Uh, we want to talk about real drugs. Jesus. Oh, God. <laughs> smoking cigarettes is very hard to quit. 20 years under my belt. Dude, nice. Yeah, I smoked 20 years and then I quit. Um, oh, how long have I quit? Uh, since 2009, so almost 10 years. Impressive. But go ahead. Impressive. Uh, you're fine. But um, I feel like I'm one of those people who shouldn't smoke it. You know, I lied to myself for the better part of the last six years, convincing myself that I was better off for it. And I never did it all the time, especially after my son was born. I was very cautious about uh, not being one of those guys that just stayed high 24-7. Right, of course, because you're a father now. Yeah, exactly. But I kind of felt like a borderline alcoholic with it where every weekend or every day I didn't have my son. That was the first thought that would hit my mind. Of course. When can I get yeah. some? You know, and that's not good because uh, especially with my personality, 
it would lead to something else. I know it would. It has in the past. I don't know why I kept on teasing myself like it wouldn't. So uh, about a month ago, actually, maybe a little less than that, completely cut it out, done with it. No more. Just talking about your son or you're talking about the weed? (laughs) Yeah, my son's gone. No more. (laughs) No, the weed. Yeah, so finally about uh, a little under a month ago, I quit smoking. Congratulations. Thank you. And I know that's hard. Yeah, it it's it was, but luckily, um, luckily for me, whenever it came to pot, I, you know, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't addicted to getting that high. Yeah, I never liked the process of getting it. I never really liked the smell of it, um, anything like that. So it was kind of easy because I could always weigh out the good and the bad and the bad would always slightly outweigh the good. So it was like, okay, well, you know, finally, I just needed that little extra push. Um, I don't know. I guess I had just convinced myself at some point because I don't drink that often. Like I says the man with the picture of the Tennessee whiskey bottle. Yes, I know that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't drink that often because, uh, growing up, I had some, uh, there were some bad experiences with alcoholism in my family Mm -hmm. and stuff. So I always tried to avoid it because I knew it would probably lead down a slippery slope. Same here. Exactly the same thing. Yeah, I do enjoy the occasional drink, you know, but Mm -hmm. I just, uh, I guess I had justified it in my mind thinking, well, at least it's better than alcohol or whatever, you know. Yeah. Really shouldn't be doing either one that often. So, uh, yeah, finally 100% sober for the first time. And how's it feel? Awesome, actually. Like all week long, man. uh, It's nuts just what, uh, just what thinking clearly can do for you. I've done three comic strips. I've gotten some art done, all kinds of good stuff. So yeah, when the fog clears, it gets, uh, it, I understand that completely. Cause I went through the same thing. And, uh, cause by the time I was 27, I mean, I was 27 and 28, I was in rock bands and stuff, but I didn't uh, do any writing, but I did, uh, a lot of playing out, but it wasn't really music I liked doing. And, uh, so getting, the fog lifted, added to more piano playing, more guitar playing, getting back into the groove of doing things. Oh, yeah. I love when the fog lifted. That was oh, just yeah. such a great feeling. I wanted to talk a little bit about what it was like to, you mentioned getting getting them and what mm. you had to do to get things and the difference between then and now. And this is more of a a a view of our culture nowadays than anything because... Uh, I don't know what it, I grew up listening to Cheech and Chong records, and you get mm-hmm. who is it? It's me, Dave. Dave's not here, you know, and yeah. and it was that type of situation. You'd go over to a friend's house and see if he had anything, and if he didn't, for me, growing up in the D.C. area, we had to go to D.C. That was like the last resort, and mm-hmm. we would have to go into the city to Dupont Circle, which is like the the center of disgusting D.C. at that time. Before Disney came in and painted it, no, um, before it was cleaned up, um, and mm-hmm. we would walk around, and you would have to, uh, sorry, we walk around, and you would have to go from bushes to bushes, going, you know, listening first of all, because someone would go, "Sess, Sess Amelia," you know, or whatever the word was <laughs> back then, right? You know, Got some drugs. You'd hear that from down the street or something, and uh, so you go, or there was another thing. Um, 
Vaguely, I remember something about shoes over the telephone wires. Like that was the neighborhood area where you could go. <laughs> but I can't remember what that pertained to. It could have been worse. But so we would go there to get it. And I have had some very shady nights where I thank God I'm alive for mm. coming out of that. Um, and and then you think about, uh, did you have to go through those type of lengths just to go and get a stupid little bag of crap? Uh, luckily, no. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, um, there's been a few times where I've done things outside of pot where I had to go to similar links, but um, luckily those are You dress up like a woman and pretend that you were Bugs Bunny? (laughs) Is that normal? (laughs) Um, Nowadays, nowadays it astounds me that you can go down to a bar, sit there, and, and I love looking at these people that own the bars or work in them. And they and then they get interviewed on the news, and they are the dumbest people I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> I just right? I can't take it. I watch them and they're like, "Yeah, if you come down, you can purchase. We have Jill's juice on sale for five. Come on down. Come on down. I could uh, listen to a whole show of Stoner Kevin. By oh, the way, that would be. Hey, and and another thing is my voice was different. Mm. I remember how different my voice was and how different I was. And the lengths I would go through to entertain my friends, like, you know, I lip sync to music. I used to guitar sync to guitarist and all that stuff. But it got to the point where I was just making a fool of myself. And, you know, I start this party at my house and everybody's like, hey, man. And then at the end of the night, I'm there by myself and I'm still going, hey, man. Oh, there's nobody <laughs> here. And it was yeah. stupid. Um, it is just such a blur and it's ridiculous. But the good thing that came out of it was the fact that I was able to learn enough to tell other people crap not to do. You know what I mean? It's kind of a really right. stupid crutch to use. Mm. You know, it makes you feel like a, a doof even saying it sometimes. But at, at least it's like I know what the inside's like. So I can tell you if you're on the outside instead of you having to come on inside and take a look for yourself. Yeah, exactly. And it also uh, gives you this certain allowance of true clarity, which I don't – yeah, I'm not I'm not a proponent of people doing it just that way they know how it feels to really be sober. But right, uh, right. there's something really cool about that level-headedness you get. You appreciate sobriety that much more, I think, is what right. I'm trying to get to. Yeah. Um, there was another thought I was about to... Well, you have respect for it as well. Yeah, you have exactly. respect for something that you feel like you should have been the whole time kind of thing. Mm. I really wish I never touched it. But then again, I'm glad I don't have that naivety to what it is. Because if I had that, I would probably... Like, I love my sister to death, my sister Gina. But she is of the mind that when it becomes legal in her area, she wants to try it just to see what it's like. And I'm like, you You saw me growing up and what I went through, and I don't think it gave me MS, but I'm sure it didn't help all the things that I did. And, yeah. uh, and it's like, doesn't that tell you enough? And, and then what my mom went through with her her addictions and what dad went through with us and with me and... You know, and all that. And I don't. It, it, there's stories of my dad. He's passed now, but uh, um, it, black tar heroin is what killed him. No, I'm kidding. Mm. I'm kidding. He, uh, <laughs> I was like, Jesus, that's heavy. <laughs> no, uh, he he. Uh, there is rumor that he smoked it once in the Navy, which I can't imagine. My dad was uh, very. 
he tried to be the best that he could be. You know that commercial. Mm-hmm. Be all that you can be. He wrote that. Don't, no, don't, he didn't, don't. but he should have. <laughs> yeah, luckily my brother um, at the eleventh hour managed to pull himself up by his bootstraps. Uh, I think a lot of that was getting married and having children. He's got three now, and he does good. Like he still smokes pot occasionally, but it's not. He doesn't have the problems with things that he used to. But it was yeah. hard on him for a long time, and even now, like I mean, I'm I'm still very close with him and I love him to death. He's not the same, you know. Like there, there's, there's something a, missing. Th- yeah, there's it a huge away. difference between him growing up and how he is now. And uh, it, it kind of breaks my heart to see it, but... It's sad. Like, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, all right, so before we continue on, I definitely, definitely want to make a huge point of the fact that this show is about the drugs, and I'm so glad we got it out from underneath us because it's one show that I would be harboring to do. So that's the reason it's episode one. So thanks, you guys, for listening. I hope you don't judge us because of it. And now, yes, please. yeah, please don't. Uh, and if you do judge us, I'm glad we got the show out so we can figure out who our listeners are in the future. <laughs> weed out the bad ones. <laughs> weed out the bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> and now, current projects. All right, so current projects, brother. What are you working on? Well, right now, Kevin, <laughs> I am working on coping stuff which i had mentioned in episode zero zero that uh we are prepping for that yeah i kind of i kind of went through a couple weeks uh, just because of work and other things where it was getting frustrated creatively i was just having a hard time sitting down and really getting stuff done but uh right. this past week i've gotten three or four sketched out and those are great so we're working on the color and inking for all that or at least we will be this weekend right. i i just now put up a new uh, piece of art on my art shop and my website so you can buy that for as low as 19 dollars. um you can get canvas prints and all that good stuff it's a and, it's a beautiful picture if i think i know what you're talking about is that the lunar babe that is lunar babe oh lunar yes babe is awesome. uh, yeah which i actually drew that for my younger brother because he, uh, he does music on SoundCloud, hashtag evolution, but uh, he does uh, <laughs> hashtag. Plug At least he didn't do this. I smacked No, no, he actually spelled out hashtag. his fingers together to make the hashtag. Go ahead. Yeah, no, you're fine. But uh, he just uh, asked me if I could do the cover art, and he wanted oh, cool. a sexy chick. Yeah, he wanted a sexy chick in space. And I was like, okay. So then, you know, I came up with that, and I liked it so much. I was like, hey, I can sell this, you know? You know, she's so, going to be freezing. I mean, sure, she can breathe because of the helmet. But in outer space, it's like sub-zero temperatures, and she's going to catch a cold. Well, the thing with her being a lunar babe, Kevin, is she is not of this world, so she does not follow the same rules as you and I. Then why the hell is she wearing a helmet? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But it was fun to draw. (laughs) It looks beautiful. It is a cool picture. Thank Um, you. And you know what I'm going to do is link it in the show notes, too. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I have to, because it is a cool picture. Thank you. And um, honestly, I think that's it for me right now for current projects. What about you? I have finished my 10th song for the 1980 to 1989's uh, Spring Memories album. Awesome. That's 10 songs done, and uh, what a great feeling. Uh, It should be out in May. Uh, I've been working really hard on it. I just all of a sudden got depressed because I thought of Don Rickles passing. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. That, that yeah. set me off. Oh, I found a prospective dude for the Metal Pedal podcast. 
Oh. And, and uh, But he hasn't gotten back to me, so it might not be a prospective dude. So, but he is a prospector. Prospector. And he dances like this and goes, Hi, I'm going to go ahead and do heavy metal podcast. <laughs> um, no, he doesn't. But, uh, you know, I'm still looking for a co-host for the Metal Pedal Podcast. If anybody out there loves 80s metal and knows enough about it to definitely talk about some hair bands, let me know. That would be great. And now we say goodbye. Well, please know that you can find Jeff at jeffdemarco.wordpress.com and you can find zerby at at zerbinator.wordpress.com thank you so much i should i should have you be a oh you are and and, uh thank you so much for covering the subject it was a hard subject to discuss without uh i really did not want to promote it i wanted to get it out and uh i'm glad that we we got to talk about that yeah we did do a good job what is a good topic for our next subject that is a good question. I, I think I still want to try to avoid uh, presidential stuff. Yeah, me too. Do you yeah, want to talk uh, about girls? Yeah, actually. Sexuality in general. Oh. Sexuality. Yeah. God, we're covering drugs and then sexuality, and now we got to do something in between. People yeah, that's too, that's too much seediness. Yeah. Uh, see, the, <laughs> see the entertainment that podcast is. Um. <laughs> Well, join us next time when we cover video games and the history for both of us. Right on. All the way from Atari to Xbox Scorpio. Xbox Scorpio? Is that what's coming out? Have you heard about that thing? What a sting. No. Uh, man, it's it's intense. <laughs> and you, know <laughs> like it. you know what's so intense about it is that this hmm. is going to be dated within five years. Yeah. Isn't that weird? <laughs> Yeah, it's the only uh, downside to podcasting. It's such an immediate art form. You run that risk. And then something like the PlayStation Dune. Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> or some new company. Tiger Sport. I don't know, some stupid name. Well, join us next time when Jeff DeMarco says, Thanks for listening to the show. Play video games with us. <laughs> I joined you on the slurp, though. I did the same thing. Maybe we should just slurp together. Oh, God. My wife would be so jealous. All of Zerbinator's music and podcasts are under the Creative Commons license, which allows retelling and rebroadcasting as long as the author is notified and credited. For more great escape pods, please visit www.zerbinator.wordpress.com. If you would like to contact Zerbinatorland, you can send an email to instrumentally at gmail.com. Or give us a call at 571-408-ZERB or 9372.